0: Welcome to the Impact on the Crown podcast series. I'm Tia Sammalahti, CEO of whatimpact.com, a tech for good company with the mission to become the LinkedIn of CSR. In this podcast series, we'll dig deeper into what it takes to make an impactful change in our society. I'll give a voice to charities, social enterprises, companies, makers, individuals and government officials who all have one thing in common, they are keen to make a difference. We dive into practical solutions and observe the dynamics of those who have resources to give and those working with the beneficiaries on the ground. Let's start making an impact together. So hello, everyone. Uh, today we have a fantastic charity as a guest. The charity is called In Hope from Bristol and they are tackling holistically uh, these kind of deprivation challenges within people in Bristol that has to do with homelessness, uh, food poverty, uh, mental health illnesses and so forth. And we also have a discussions about volunteering and the importance of it and also what kind of codes of conduct companies should build around their volunteering schemes in order to be as impactful as they can. Today, we have here from InHope, Steve and Mick. Please introduce yourself, what you do, and a little bit of InHope.
1: Brilliant. So I'm Steve. I'm the Development and Relationship Manager at InHope, which means I oversee uh, our fundraising, but also our kind of relationships with businesses, with schools, with uh, churches, with any kind of supporters uh, who work with us. Um, so that's my role. And Mick? I'm Mick. I'm the uh, manager of the Wild Goose, which is an open-access drop-in.
2: And we work directly with people in crisis, uh, with homelessness, food poverty, uh, and various other sort of complex issues.
0: So how are things in Bristol now when we're talking about uh, you know rising energy bills, food poverty, and uh, actually like today when we're recording, the weather is fi- five in minus. So, what kind of challenges this has created in Bristol?
2: So, obviously, we've got the whole cost of living crisis still going on around us. Um, there's food poverty is still, you know, very high up. We're, we're doing some work with uh, the food equality strategy in Bristol. Um, we're part of that that work, and there's a lot of work looking at how we we can make it fairer, more accessible um and culturally um available to, to everyone obviously our community is specifically um homeless and people in crisis and they come from a variety of you know culturally uh different backgrounds so we try and meet um their needs in the best way we can with what donated food comes in to us from various kind of sources as well so uh, do you
0: work with local authorities
2: So yeah, so we're on a number of various kind of committees and forums, not just around kind of food, but around homelessness, um, the severe weather protocol, which is actually been activated, you know, as we speak. Um, So there's a number of rough rough sleepers still kind of um, sleeping out in all weathers and local authority and a number of other frontline services, St. Mungo's have, have come together to provide uh, available kind of accommodation for them uh, while this weather's um, really cold at the moment
1: so yeah and for us that practically means that we've opened our women's night shelter um for I think it's three nights um just to provide that emergency cover for, for women um so they're not out in the kind of the minus five, minus six degrees that we're we're experiencing in Bristol at the moment. And
2: that'll be reviewed <laughs> at the end of the week yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. I read about the program on your website and uh, it's not only shelter, it's other support, isn't it? Uh, when you look at your uh, charity description, what do you do? You are talking about the food poverty, mental health, homelessness, a lot of things. And you might be thinking that, oh, there's a lot to do, you know, a lot of things. But these are all very interlinked. Would you like to shed a light to how complex like the the facts behind somebody being homeless, for instance, is it's not only just being without home, where does it come from?
2: Yeah, so we we work with a lot of people with obviously complex issues that, um, you know, originate from, you know, kind of childhood uh, adverse kind of experiences, trauma, um, people become homeless and um, obviously get addicted to drugs, uh, mental health, people suffering with mental health prior to, to kind of addictions. Um, so we work with um, all of them that are in crisis. We provide a safe environment in terms of the cafe. Uh, we've done a lot of work around kind of making sure it's psychologically informed, so it's not institutional or, you know, like um, glaring to people coming I in. Mean, so it's We've got staff that are friendly, our volunteers are friendly and open and they literally just bring them in and kind of sit them down and, you know, have real conversations with them so they don't feel like um, they're unwelcome or judged. And we we kind of work from that basis there with it, you know, with open conversations um, and we don't care who you are or where you come from, you know, in terms of what your situation is, if we can kind of help. then that's what we'll do. So we start from them conversations and we look at what uh, people's individual needs are and it might be whether they're homeless or sleeping and we can do some partnership work with St Mungo's outreach teams. So we signpost redirect, but also we're very hands-on practically providing people with, you know, clothes, toiletries, showers uh, and food as well. We've got a really good chef on our provisions team do a fantastic job, you know, catering for, for people day in, day out. Yeah.
1: And I think it's probably fair to say that um, kind of poverty and deprivation kind of by its nature is, is a bit messy. It's not a linear people start here and work through. And we kind of uh, recognise that people will come to us at different stages within um, within Mixed Project, within the Wild Goose, actually, people are probably at the mall. Um, acute end of of kind of deprivation to people that might be rough sleeping or in hospitals. Uh, Our our life recovery program works with people who might be on the other side, they might have their accommodation sorted, but they're actually looking to rebuild their lives, rebuild their life skills, rebuild their contacts with people, and learning how to do that in a healthy and safe way. Um, The food bank that we have reaches probably far more people um, but kind of at a different level. So it's households um, that might be struggling to kind of meet their regular income, struggling with energy prices, uh, struggling to feed their families and making really difficult choices. And the food bank uh, offers offers kind of options for that. And a women's project kind of offers that gender specific support um, for women who, who might not feel comfortable maybe going into other environments. Um, so those are the things that we do, but we also recognize a mixed talk and alluded a little bit of it. Um, we're just one part of a kind of a big system so partnership is a massive uh, part of what we do either signposting people to other services so uh, Mick's team is really aware of all the other service and other options whether that's around uh, drug and alcohol support whether that's around housing whether that's around benefits and kind of pointing people into the right directions to get that support so um, we, we do what we can and often like Mick said it's kind of got that very practical element to it Uh, But it's also about saying, right, well, these are the other places where you can go and get support as well. Yeah, so we, obviously,
2: we meet crisis. So people come in feeling isolated, alienated, kind of lonely. They're the the main ingredients when people are coming through the door um, with whatever crisis they're going through. And it's important for us to just to make them feel um, that they're welcome and that we want to engage them in, in whatever way we can. Some of the work that we've been doing to try and um, kind of engage people better is we've created a load of various different types of activities. Like in this room, we would have kind of homeless, um, haircuts to homeless will come in monthly. That's like four hairdressers and they would literally, you know, kind of give people beard trims, haircuts, just to make them feel more, you know, more kind of alive in a sense. We've got writing clubs, um, we've got various kind of other activities coming online. We're, we're hoping to start a cookery class very soon, that's going to run five times a year and it's going to be really basic, but it's going to help people to become more independent in their own right in terms of finding their way, not only just around the kitchen, but actually being able to use really basic food that, you know, that they can afford.
0: Yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, building back that dignity, you know, is the key for everything. Um, In the end, there won't be jobs, you know, if people are not representable, you know, they're not comfortable going to interviews, they don't know how to write CVs and so forth, which might be then on the other end of success spectrum of things. But you have to build the confidence. So sounds really, really good. Uh, you rely heavily on volunteering as well, and your voluntary-funded organisation mainly. So uh, you've been investing in this volunteering program, which is quite advanced. Uh, so you have a lot of training, assessment, and it's well coordinated. Could could you tell me a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, so we've uh, we've been around probably around thirty five years. Um, volunteers have always been kind of a big part, a massive part of what we do, even now. We couldn't do probably twenty percent of of what we we do without volunteers. We've got around three hundred and (laughs) eighty-seven. Around we got three hundred and eighty-seven volunteers at the moment, um, and and that kind of number goes up uh, up and down all the time. But we couldn't do most of what we do without volunteers, so we're kind of built on that ethos of having volunteers. Around about two years ago, we 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 decided to employ a volunteer manager who's actually taken um massive steps to kind of help us align with the investors and volunteering standards. Um, partly because we, we want that volunteer workforce to feel welcomed and, and kind of supported um, and also to grow in their own skills and, and maybe to kind of lead into um, other opportunities for them as well. So um, investing in into that volunteer workforce uh, is a really important way of uh, making sure making sure we can do what we need to do but also kind of making sure volunteers feel welcome, part of, of what they're doing. Um, I mean, we're so blessed in many ways that um, people generally want to make a difference. Um, all sorts of people want to make a difference and whether that's kind of volunteering uh, once a week or on a one off basis or, or some um, potentially uh, more often than that. Um, people just really want to make a difference and actually tapping into that gives them an opportunity to make, to, to be involved. Um, and also just to kind of help change uh, the situation to so many people at the same time.
0: And I guess, especially when we talk about company volunteering, corporate volunteering, um, of course, people want to make a difference, but uh, corporates invest in these programs also to uh, give an opportunity for people to learn and develop themselves. And I guess this kind of a, uh, act of kindness also brings kindness to than the corporate environment, <laughs> as mm. as well as a as a return. So uh, how uh, how are, how are you working with companies and 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 cooperates in terms of their volunteering programs? Have they been successful?
2: I'm just wanting to just just to go about what Steve said, today, but it, it covers the the um, corporates as well. But um, the investors and volunteers and uh, you know the. The amount of volunteers that we got, and we're blessed with, they do an amazing job. What we've been able to do within all of that is actually raise our standards up, um, to not only provide or delivering, you know, the, the services that we we're delivering, but also um, upskill kind of volunteers as as well as staff together. Um, so we've done a, a lot of training, but also providing inductions for every uh, volunteer that comes through through the door so it's an enjoyable experience for them as well so and That's amazing yeah and also we've we've took on obviously doing risk assessments, so we they feel safe and kind of confident in in the uh, environment as well uh, yeah so,
1: so yeah i um, mean we have kind of a network probably of about 30 35 corporate uh partners Yeah. Uh, who Really vary in size. Some of them are kind of one-man band businesses. You just want to kind of get involved, and some are kind of local offices from from, NASC, from national kind of partners. So, um, it's uh, yeah, it's great to see kind of that diversity of of people, and they bring different skills. Um, we've found that uh, corporate volunteering kind of have different um opportunities to kind of our regular volunteers. Um, so they they tend to be kind of more focused on kind of one-off um occasions they might want to come out for a team day, or they might want to come out um to do something specific. But uh, businesses kind of all the time give it give their uh, their their staff about one day or two days a year or something like that. Um, which kind of so, so we kind of set them up more as tasters, I guess. People will come in and do. Um, a day of backpacking in the in the supermarkets with us or, or kind of collections, or they'll come to the warehouse and do some sorting Although, particularly around Christmas we kind of have uh, extra needs you have various businesses and uh, even the Bristol Bears come in and do kind of stuff over Christmas um, uh, just just helping out really so um, yeah it, it's a slightly different thing corporates to kind of the regular volunteers um, but yeah they all make a massive difference um, and yeah yeah one of the obvious things Sorry,
2: one of the other things we did last year was so we've got a recovery festival and that's for, you know, um, people in crisis, people using lots of different services, uh, not just ours, um, but all sorts of different professionals coming from all sorts of backgrounds, coming to recovery festivals. So one to celebrate uh, recovery, but it's around mental health, it's about around addictions, it's around homelessness. Um, and last year there, there was about 500 people turned up to the festival and we provided the, the catering side of it but um part of the catering team was um, a number of volunteers from a corporate business and they they one they mucked in but they really enjoyed it as well and it was yeah it's great for us to have them on board yeah
0: sounds amazing and you know uh, like you mentioned there is a need for one-timers or a couple of days a year but then you also need the, the regular volunteers who who continuously come in how about um you know like you're on our platform or what impact and uh, you know you are applying for resources and connecting with companies and one great example of a partnership is now with the global engineering it giant Lidos and you you got a 3000 pound grant and and some volunteering from them uh 3000 pound it's a big money and it's a small money in comparison to maybe large grants but what what kind of impact can these kind of like a few thousand pounds to 5000 to 10000 pound grants make in your kind of organisation
1: um i mean grants are kind of a crucial part of what we do and Um, it's always a bit of a balancing act. Um, Well, as as a charity, I guess, as individuals, we'd love people to kind of give us a love of and say, right, here you are, do what you like with this. And actually, that's that's really incredibly useful. Um, But equally, sometimes um, businesses want to pay for kind of something specific. And the Lidos grant is about paying for um, resources, for activities, um, for for, um, our clients across our organization. So that might pay for um, an art course for the Wild Goose, or it might pay for a, a kind of an outdoor bound activity for our um life recovery team or or a kind of a residential for our, our women's project um, so they pray for really specific things as well um and that's that's incredibly helpful it's, it's kind of you say you're, you're right three thousand pounds is a lot of money um if i gave it to you now you go oh great yeah. <laughs> um but actually that pays for some for, for the women for the people that that would help that makes a really kind of important difference and that stuff that uh, we couldn't do otherwise. So,
0: yeah. Um, and I guess it's always that there are always costs that need to be covered. And um, uh, that's why we at What Impact really encourage companies to uh, build volunteering programs and do both non skilled and skills based volunteering, very specific offers. So it, it's easy for charities and social enterprises to apply, but also then encourage certain monetary contributions. Because, like you said, that if if you want to get your clients out in the world to develop skills and and get experiences, or families who don't have any money for, let's say, go to amusement park, it's it's then you know the money is for the buying the ticket or the tickets that they can get that valuable experience and have like a normal family experience that they wouldn't have money uh, for otherwise so it is it is hugely important we've yeah, been I, talking if I, sorry if yeah. I
1: should the story just from our food bank um, of uh, there was a company not through what impact but a different company who gave uh, money to buy vouchers um, for families to buy Christmas presents, So Argos vouchers, um, twenty-five pound a time. Um, and this uh, mum came into her, came into our food bank, and um, was was just hoping to get get some food to to be able to feed feed her family in the kind of run up to Christmas. Wasn't even thinking about Christmas presents. She had five children, um, and kind of when she was presented with five lots of twenty-five pounds, hundred twenty-five pounds worth of Argos vouchers pretty much just broke down in kind of stunned silence as she was like, actually, I can now afford to buy my, I've got this, I can now get my children something for Christmas. Um, And it's that that little story, when you break it down to an individual person or an individual family, um, that money makes an enormous difference.
0: Yes. And uh, that's why giving 1,000 pound, 2,000, 3,000 pound will, can change a lot of things in a family Uh, because like again it's about having the dignity as a parent isn't it and and being able to provide for your family and stuff and these kind of things can sometimes make help people to make it or then it breaks them you know because they feel so ashamed of you know not being able to provide um, what kind of would be expected or what they wanted to do so amazing story and that's why also these kind of like a product donations service donations vouchers you know everything is welcome because they will all find a home in in some charity if not your charity but uh, in some charity that any every resource is somehow uh, relevant and uh, i'm sure that in your you know, charity where you do multiple kind of things, you know, there are lots of ways to support. What kind of uh, support other than money and um, volunteers for your basic functionalities uh, are you looking for? Would you be benefiting from any other product donations than food products? And would you be benefiting from service donations if company could provide you free like zero pound contract service?
2: So we, we generally, um, throughout the week, depending on our kind of supplies, whether it's clothes, toiletries, um, and various other items like sleeping bags, we generally work with the, the communications team, Steve's team, and um, Sarah uh, creates this list in terms of what we're most in need of. And we generally put up on the, the website, so the uh, general public can kind of refer to it as well, but it generally is... For us on the ground a lot of them practical donations we also get various food donations as well so people phone up and say oh could you use this um, and what, what we've got to be careful is that we're, we're not in as much as we really appreciate all donations we've got to be careful that um we have a balance to what we what we need and what we can use to being inundated with lots of stuff that we may need to pass on yeah um, or, yeah, and so- I
0: understand the point, especially in physical goods. They need to be stored somewhere. And that's the thing. You cannot suddenly have uh, 10,000 bottles of shampoo somewhere hanging around. You you would need to have a storage <laughs> for, for them. And that's also something that uh, we recommend companies to think about. The transportation storage is part of the product donation uh, that you have to kind of figure it out um, together with the charity or social enterprise. And well, that's why the what Impact Communication Channel is for, that you can actually plan your social value contributions together with the charity. Just to add, just to, add
1: to that, obviously that's the practical side. Um, but we have also been doing some quite exciting things with companies um, around using their skills. Um, so we've got a company that is. Sounds in some ways really boring, but actually it's helping us to uh, retender our IT system. Um, We're looking to develop that and make ourselves um, more effective. And actually a company with experience of doing that is working with us uh, pro bono to help us. Um, We work with companies around our sustainability um, in terms of our environmental sustainability and help us do assessment for that. And actually out of that, one of those companies is in the process of setting up work experience placements for some of our clients. Um, so just little partnerships like that, using using the skills uh, that companies have, obviously it doesn't always always fit, but often um, there's kind of, you work with companies to go, actually, you're really good at this. And yeah. um, yes, we'd love you to come and paint a room or serve them some food for us, but actually you'd be far more used to us if you spent an hour helping us set up this or do some marketing with us on that. And actually, they're using their skills and their expertise for something that actually saves us thousands and thousands of pounds and makes us better at what we want to do. So um, those yes, are for-
0: and that's that's exactly such a good uh, good example of, of the power of skills based volunteering or giving those uh, services for free. And and um, I, I guess like you and other organizations looking for resources, just also updating the profile and what impact is important to very detailed descriptions because companies don't sometimes even understand that their service could be valuable they don't kind of think about it that the charity might need it and that might be cost saving factor factor for you Uh, and uh, also um, are you applying for grants I just kind of what to say, we have now a lot of bit writing help and this kind of grant application help. uh, Some companies are now focusing on that. So if you haven't applied, you know, apply for that because you might be getting new grants based on (laughs) bit writing help.
1: (laughs) Uh, There's an application in process at the moment as we
0: speak. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that's good, 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 good. Because that is, of course, powerful skills volunteering as well.
1: I keep pestering them for things as well. So, <laughs> yeah, all well, these managers that keep on wanting money to do extra things.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, of course. But anyway, uh, you know, this was a lovely chat, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure this this conversation has given a lot of ideas for both charities to operate and learning from you, uh, best practices, but also how companies can structure their help in a way that it's meaningful and also hopefully get in touch with you in in Bristol. Thank you so much uh, Steve and Mick and is there anything else you'd like to say?
1: No just like we yeah. yeah we love working with companies we love working with what impact so yeah thank you for your time. Yeah.
0: Okay thank you. thank you so much and have a lovely day.